Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Rodney Reeder, and he is a near-death experiencer. He is my first male near-death experiencer, and I cannot wait to get his take on what happened with him. So, Rodney, thank you so much for joining me. Ah, you're so very much welcome. Thanks for having me aboard. I tell you what, your story, you know, I found you on Jeff Morris podcast uh, on YouTube. And I was mesmerized by your story because I tell you, it's different to get a male's perspective, you know, because you would think it wouldn't be as... um, feeling yeah, yeah. The, the, the letting go of the male tough ego i can rule all too oh <laughs> i know and, and that's what i was saying i was like you know and i don't mean it in a bad way or anything like that it's just so interesting to me so tell me what happened and we'll just go from there all right well you know i've had some interesting times in my life from being an alaskan guide to working on tugboats working for coming with the cabelas and then to get into this arrangement where I was uh, actually working on tugboats and then I was put to the shore side waiting for another hitch. And so I became a longshoreman and uh, was doing that for a month. You know, and I remember the day, you know, it was just super hot, warm, just a normal day working. So I was at the time we were loading these barges just south of Seattle and uh, we got finished the barge. And then this was brought up again. We started on our fifth level. So these are about four feet wide at the most. And so I was already up about 20 plus some feet working. But my job that day was to be on the shore side of things. Uh, But we were unfortunately were down two workers that day. So I had extra duties, supposedly. My job was to wrap up the piling to the crane, rig it, and then... My job was to run along it and tug on this thing to help guide this gigantic piece of metal across the sky and then lower it down on the barge. But since we were down two bodies, they called me up to come up to the stack. And so I climbed up the ladder, went up on top, set this thing down. And I remember looking at my watch because I remember, okay, it's about one o'clock. I got onto the rungs of the ladder and if you've ever been on the end of the table, maybe at Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner and someone uh, bumped the table and you get pushed off, yeah, well, that's, that's what happened to me. So me and the steel ladder separated from the stack. Oh so we're gosh. all of a sudden, instead of being angled over a little bit, all of a sudden I'm vertical with the steel ladder. Oh, no. And then you're going, oh, my goodness. And then you start going, everything started to slow down. Wow. I mean, you know things are speeding up otherwise, but... Everything is so slow. You're absorbed in so much in the moment. I could feel literally my hands slightly going over the dusty grit on top of these steel pilings. But the smoothness of it at the same time, I could not get a grip. And you just you could feel it, just the slow action of your hands sliding on the side and the slight panic in behind going, I cannot hold, I cannot grab. Right. And then the twisting of the ladder starts to turn and then you start facing down towards that steel floor of that oh, barge and, it's a and you're steel going down floor. Oh, down and then you're the word is going oh you know yeah yeah because <laughs> to it and then gone pop i was pulled out of my body oh my god so it was a pop really yeah oh yeah so like and all of a sudden i'm in if you can imagine like i tell people if you can like as we were kids at night we'd snuggle into our like a sleeping bag you go down to the very bottom it was nice and warm and comfortable down there yeah that's what it was like you're just wow. a consciousness no body 
just a consciousness. So I was in that void that people talk about, the darkness. Well, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to see you again. Yeah. Well, that's what it was, you know. Well, well let, me, let me ask you this, Rodney. So when you fell, and, you know, of course it was traumatic, but it sounds like you didn't have to feel the pain of falling and hitting yourself because you hit that steel floor on that barge. Then you popped out. So I don't even know if that was a decision you made or just that's how it happened. I actually, my body collapsing onto the steel ladder as it struck the steel barge. So it was a double whammy. Oh my gosh. So you're there, you're now surrounded in this dark, like warm blanket. And oh my gosh. So did you know you weren't in your body? Did you understand that? Were you confused? I didn't care. It was just more of just a calm. It was not a worry in my mind. There was not a thought of, oh, am I dead? Uh, There was not a worry of what's next. It was just a presence. You're just there. When I was listening to your interview with Jeff, you said, you know, I wasn't even worried about like my family or my body or if I was even dead. I was just so in love with that love feeling. I was so enamored with it. It didn't matter. Yep, you're just at a peace. You're just, again, at peace with all. And then that's when the, the light showed up, just like a lightning strike. I and mean, all of a sudden there was like a tear in the night and it just opened up and it's like you just, you know, calm sensation. Okay, we're going through. Oh and lo and behold, you know, you come through on the light side and here I am in the middle of a tree grove, a tight tree grove on a gravel path, you know, mm. walking. Just like an incident. It's just like everything flowed and yeah. you're there and you're now walking through this tree grove and you know, it felt earth-like, but not earth. But again, I'm, I eventually walked out onto a mountain ledge. So I literally was on a side of a mountain somewhere. Really? Yep. And then came out onto this mountain ledge. And I'm also an old hang glider pilot. So to me, I'm used to being on the ledge at times. So, yeah. But it was different to come out on this ledge. And I'm overlooking this mountain meadow. Just gorgeous, vivid greens and, you know, all the colors just like best sights you've seen of being in the mountains, that's where it was like. But down below was the nice greenery, you know, and the white cap mountains above. Mm. But there was three levels. And on the lower level up to my left was just thousands of beings. Oh, wow. And if anyone's ever watched the music video from Disturbed of the Sound of Silence. Yes, I have. Well, that's basically my NDE. Because you'll see where there people were writing and talking about the music and stuff. For those were the thousands of people that I was seeing down below on my left. Wow, that is incredible. So, Keep going. And that that thing gave me chills after I saw that video. I mean, it just actually freaked me out because. It, You'll see as we go into this how that relates more and more, but just keep that in mind. Yeah, okay. So then I'd see all these beings down below, and some of them were fighting each other. Some were doing combat. Some were doing other things, but they were all down there. Really? Yep. And then, you know, I thought some was like almost Viking-ish types. Other people were, you know, just beings. Some were people doing other things, but they're just everywhere down there. Rodney, let me ask you something. Do you think, now this is just, I'm kind of woo. I go woo sometimes on my podcast. Do you think you were looking at different timelines all at one time? What I was actually, what I get the feeling now and what I've been seeing is more of what's coming through the future. Oh, really? Okay. Well, okay. you know, just like right now, again, more people are waking up. And again, these are different connections to different things and you know, a lot of things are seem to be speeding up. And again, yeah. a lot of this, the weird thing is through this, a lot of things have manifested afterwards. Mm, okay. Okay. Of this stuff. So I will lead into that. So the, so the next part I look over and t- more towards the middle to me, just below to the right is this second level with the most gorgeous rectangle golden portal. 
you will make some people might call it a uh, what's um, again here's the brain bleed part I have that yeah. uh, um, it's a Stargate and it's right. gorgeous and you just see the light on it and, like it attracted me and like okay but it's right it's the backdrop was the mountains right behind this thing and this thing had to be you know 50 mm-hmm. 60 feet tall it's just huge wow okay. and it's gorgeous but then up on my right side was do you know when I say the word etherical yes. So there was an etherical Greek building up on my right, but it was gemmed and gems of all sorts, bright, shiny all around. But again, it looked like the Parthenon um, of Greek modes. And since this NDE, I have come across a few others who have talked about seeing these Greek buildings and also in some literature of others. And so it's like, okay. You know, so so I see this part. That's some people call it the halls of knowledge, or the you know ancient library of wisdom, or whatever that was stored stuff there. But yeah. so I saw these three parts, and then I started to feel myself gliding down into this grass field. Mm. Some people call it you know the Elysium fields or fields of Elysium, wherever just the greenest of grasses you can imagine, just wow. beautiful long grasses. Um, it wasn't, I would say, a garden type, but it was just a grass field wow. that aligned along the sides. Okay. And as I laid down there, I started feeling like a recharge. And into the grass, seeing the individual cells moving around in the grass at a microcellular level. Really? I mean, just watch all the inner workings of it. Yep. Wow. Do you think you were kind of like one with them? Like, it, were oh, you... Yeah. Oh, you just okay. become one with everything. Again, you just felt that oneness. And then, you know, when you talk about the oneness, you talk about the light again, where the light around you, the best way to describe it is like a liquid love. It, wow. it coats you. It has texture. It has weight. And at the same time, I was feeling like I was being recharged, almost like if you see the movie, uh, The Highlander, The Quickening. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it was sort of like. It's just like I was either being recharged to come back or I was given the extra strength to you know, what I had to go through for my next part of this journey. But I was just laying there just in peace, just absorbing this in. But I felt like you can almost imagine like an eyeball for a second where it's just you're just, you know, one consciousness, one big eyeball. And you're, again, being coated by gelatin wrapping around you. That's what it was like. Wow. So, okay, let, let me ask you this. When you were there, did you feel your body or did you know your body wasn't with you? It was just a consciousness. Did you know that? Okay. There was nobody. Normally when I speak or do things, my hands come in front of me. Okay. I always speak yeah. with my hands. Okay. I didn't see my hands. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and another thing about the Parthenon, you know, to me that gives it credence because no one could know that. You know, I know that other people have said it before, but I don't think you looked into near-death experiences before you had one. I don't think you even really thought about it probably much before you had one. In that hot, sweaty day out yeah. there in the dust, on the blacktop, you know, as we're loading these things, there was no, you know, this ain't La La Land where you're just creating this stuff and just dreaming until the next piling came across that you right. had to load up and rig, exactly. you know? You just... But then, again, there's no time. You're just... Right. In sense of awe, you're just there. I mean, in sheer bliss. I'm in absolute bliss. You can wow. feel it coming out of your heart. It was just like pouring out where you're just the, the calmest, most sensual time that you ever had here on this earth times, you know, a thousand wow. or more. I can't, you know, can't describe just blissful moments of just there. But then I started to feel like, why am I here? I don't feel like I, I should be here. Really? Type feeling like an awakening part and then through the field if you can imagine almost like how it snaked across into the field Mm -hmm. or you watch the fog in the early morning come across a field i had a silver mist starting to slowly approach towards me 
And then out of the mist, just like as you've seen probably in that movie video where you also see all these beings of people came out of this mist around those two uh, band members in that video. Well, same thing here. All of a sudden, out of the mist came these most magnificent beings, these light beings of sheer brilliance. I mean, you cannot even see no face structure. It's so brilliant light. Again, they're the most bluish white light. Okay. They were human form. Okay. But they're more spindly. Oh wow! Okay. Anyway, if anyone's seen the movie The Knowing, mm-hmm. which I get all the stuff I saw after the fact, uh, after oh, really? this whole thing, so yeah. I saw the movie, and also it's like that's them, that's them. At the very end, these beings turn into like angelic, light being angel bodies. You know, it's pretty cool in the end of the movie. So if you want to see sort of what they look like, watch the movie The Knowing. Okay. And which is another freaky part because it's a knowing. It's just parts of that movie freaked out because of all these things are happening to humanity and all the changes in life at the end because they're leaving that earth to go to a better place. Well, so that's another freaky part. But then, you know, also they surrounded me and I don't know how long I talked with them or dealt with them. I know I was communicating with them, but there's nothing that came back through the NDE in this part. Okay. But then... It was like I was placed in this tube. And if you ever hear of that rainbow that connects heaven to earth or the uh, Rosenstein Bridge mm-hmm. uh, that people talk about with a wormhole type deal. Well, I was placed into that just like in the Marvel movie Thor. If you ever seen that yeah. where he's going through this tunnel or tube, you know, it like gets called through. I was in that. I was placed in and what felt like feet first because I was looking up. At these beings, and then I was shot down, just like in a slide where zoom, you're sent down into this wormhole, and you're twisting, you're turning, you're all over the place, and I'm still looking up, and I'm seeing this being, the tallest of them all, you know, looking at me still, and it was just a super connection with them. I don't know if they are, they're the Elohim people, some people call them the ancients that I've met before, the shiny ones. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a few other, actually contact with a few other Indians, claim to see the same thing, and that's what they taught is they're the ancients. These are the, the ancient ones beyond, 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 yeah. you know, time. Yeah. But then as I'm going down, twisting, turning this up, all of a sudden, again, I'm just consciousness, not a body, but I'm looking at the way. But the weird thing is it felt like what would be my right eye, mm-hmm. well, half the side of me decided to close up. And got dark, but the left side could still barely see that being going down, down, down. And then I felt the pain. Oh God, the pain! Oh my oh. God, it's it how it came into, and it was terrorizing. It was painful. I mean, you go from sheer bliss, yeah, yeah. absolute amazement, to all of a sudden this incredible pain that just oh, it just hurt. I'm, mean, you could feel it all around. I was like crying inside, going, "Oh, what's going on?" And then. <laughs> I fused. And it's not where you wake up and you, you know, you just get on the day or like, wow, that's a cool dream. Yeah. You actually, I thought where you go from one thing or two bodies or your, I don't know how you call it, your casual body or whatever part right. you just view yeah. in, mm-hmm. yep, into the physical body. And I call it, you know, I got slammed into my meat suit yeah. and the heaviness of that suit was just so much because before you were so light, you were nothing, you were free to being locked into this gravity, this weight, and then, yes, the pain. But as I slowly opened, like, my left eye, because I did not have a right eye at the time. Oh, no. You know, I was just slowly opening up, and then I could see them. You know, I had all these faces around me. I was laying on the wood floor of the office, which I had been moved. I found out from a friend there that they had brought a loader over and put my body in the loader and brought me over. Oh, my 
and they laid me on the floor because I, I was dead. I had no pulse. I was nothing. I was dead. And so again, I had no th- no medical things where they awakened me or anything else. I came back without medical assistance. Wow. So now, lo and behold, again, I had there was no nine one one called. There was no ambulance called. Well, they, they thought were you were dead. Out that I was right. alive. Yeah, they oh, thought I was dead. Oh my yeah. gosh, Rodney! I, well, I was going to backtrack one thing. You know how, like you said, all these movies you saw afterward. You know what I mean? You're like, it was so cool that you saw on some of these movies after you had this near death experience. Oh my gosh, they know what I'm talking about. This is almost exactly how it was when I was there, and this is how it looked, and this is how it felt. And it's almost like we have soul memory don't you think like we've all been there before we just have amnesia here so it's almost like because i wrote i wrote a book series called graveyard watchmen and it was about angels and demons and the angels had these light beings in them and they were counselors and they would go through these tunnels and it was just you know what i mean and they were like different level tunnels they weren't like a tunnel you go through when you're on a train it was like another dimension so and it's almost like we have soul memory with this kind of stuff don't you think oh yeah it's like i'm sure a lot of your listeners do the same thing you're going to go back and they're going to pull up you know again the sound of silence uh yeah. with disturbing you know see these things because literally someone whoever came up with that theme or how they did that video had to have some near-death yeah. experience or something and i even heard that david drennan who's the singer of this had something like that where he had a sickness or something happened to him and so that was part of what created this deal so i was like wow i'm like okay you know and i get the back chills to me yeah. and those back chills mean you know it's like a confirmation, like, okay, Absolutely. this happened. Okay, so you're on the floor. They did not call 911. They did not call, yeah, and no, so tell me what happened after that. So then, you know, they came to, so then they quickly grabbed me and picked me up. Now, I also, I had extremely pain that happened on my left shoulder. I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. like pain. Yeah. But I was druggy at the same time, so it was like an inner screaming. And they picked me up, and then they put me into a car, and the manager drove me to a local hospital. Now, I had blood pouring out of my nose, blood pouring out of my ear. Oh. You know, of course, I couldn't see out of my right eye. didn't know what was happening with my right eye part, but all I could see was my left. And as I was in the vehicle, right as we got loaded up and as he was coming around, I happened to look at my watch, and it was 1.35. Oh, wow. So 30 minute, 35 minutes had gone by. 30, 35 minutes, yeah. Oh, my so it's like, how long is I gone? Because, you know, I just like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm here. But, you know, everyone, again, I later talked to a friend of mine who had worked there and described some of the things he said was his worst day he could ever imagine. You know, he didn't want to say much because it's just, you know, it was like embarrassed to what happened to me because we go through all this training and all these things of what to do and none of that happened for me. Yeah. You know, for what you're supposed to do. But then, you know, all this stuff later, just, you know, it's like a whirlwind. I'm picked up and I'm thrown away. Well, yeah. And so then... You know, I'm brought to the, up to the hospital. And Rodney, and if, 30, was, if 35 minutes goes by, you're not getting oxygen in your brain. Your body is starting to... Exactly. That's what a lot of people came about. So did you like have pools of blood? I said, no, I didn't have any real pools of blood around me that I know of. I mean, I was later brought up there that, you know, they're all worried about my face. My face was just, you know, three quarters of my face was broken. Oh. Um, so they immediately, when I walked in, I didn't even get the courtesy of getting to being dropped in at the ER. I walked in from the parking lot. Oh my God. And it was brought in and then I sat in a chair and I remember the manager throwing, you know, like you probably the insurance in card or something to the people. And then they all rushed and grabbed me and started doing the, uh, their work on me. Wow. You walked in? Yeah. And I don't know that I probably had broken ribs as well. I mean, I, if you, so you can imagine my body impacted that ladder as it started to steal far. So I had the ladder imprinted on me. So both my shoulders took the rungs 
oh. of the vertical rungs of that ladder. And I've got very broad shoulders. Yeah. And so both of them were injured that way and the pain on both sides. But all through my legs, all the way down, the same thing were imprinted. So like my wallet and I had a hard case inside my pocket that was struck as well. So that was pressed into my legs. So I had all that pain and damage oh. to the muscles and stuff. So basically, again, I died by blunt force trauma. Yeah, well, you sent me the pictures, and I, uh, to my listeners, guys, I don't even know how he was awake, let alone trying to, walking into an ER and sitting down waiting for them. I don't even understand how that happened. Yeah. So to the one hospital, they did all their initial scans on me, and then I was I had a major brain bleed, so they ambulanced me to the major hospital in Seattle, mm. uh, Harborview. And unfortunately, this night, the same day, was like a full moon event because all the rooms were full so i got a little partition area in the side of this little corner medical area oh. um is where they, they stored me so i was there you know they never called my uh, emergency contacts i happened to call the nurse and say hey i need you to contact my fiance uh we have the two girls together uh-huh. and so they never called her so thank goodness the one time she she never answers her phone but that day she answered and i was able to give her a few key words that she knew was me and then the nurse took over to say, hey, this is what happened to me. And wow. so, but there that night, another woman was brought in. Her husband, unfortunately, had beat her with a baseball bat to her face. Mm. And she was screaming and crying. They tried to calm her down because they were concerned about me. They told her, there's a guy next to you that's 10 times worse. And, wow. you know, so I'm listening on this going, great. You know, I had uh, the group, all these doctor teams coming through and checking on me. I had one doctor coming and said, man, you're a badass. You're not crying. You're not doing this. You're, you're, you're just holding this part. But it's like, how do you tell them through all this pain, all this, you know, I had, if they can describe the pain, imagine every tooth oh. in your mouth going off with the, the most hardest toothache you've ever had, every single tooth mm. going off at, at the same time. And then for hours oh. dealing with that pain, the throbbing. And I, but the doctor was like, how are you not taking so much pain medication? Right. And I'm like, I kept telling them, I'm connected to that source. Yes, when you I said you're connected, connected to, the- to that light where yes. I, I was absorbing the pain. You're connected to that love you said on Jeff's podcast. Yes. And I, that, I was just chills when, when you said that because you were still connected to them. And I think you always will be now in a whole different way than you ever were. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was my evening later. And again, went through that whole night. And, you know, eventually they did release me. And then um, they had facial surgery. So I went through that. I went through the facial surgery. And even there, unfortunately, when you do facial surgery stuff, it's, again, a lot of plastic surgeon stuff, but they deal with a lot of burn victims. And unfortunately, as much as my pain for my whole face was reconstructed, I also had an infection come through that happens with the burn victims because somehow either something wasn't cleaned or anything else. And so I got an infection in my face that normally a burn victim would have. So I felt the puffiness working up towards my eyes and the stuff again and they had to rebuild my whole socket of my right eye oh my god um, i have five plates of titanium in my face oh. they had to go through my right eye and they actually had to cut open underneath my lip and insert the plates through underneath my lip and my eye socket so oh my you're going through this stuff in life and you come out of this you know situation and now you're you're at home you're in a recliner you know your whole life changed instantly yes. I've got my, my mouth is wired. I mean, I've got a, a mesh wire mesh in my mouth, holding my mouth together. You know, so I'm sucking down broth every day. Oh, I am, you know, so your life dramatically changes. And, but, you know, through this whole process, it was just weird because 
again, you start watching these movies or these or things would start happening over these last five years. Again, because it's been five years since this accident. Right, yeah. But these things started to manifest. And uh, again, where I had to feel like I had to do something. I I worked with some crystals and stuff before this, but not over extent. But I got this compulsion. And so it's like I got into watching you know, YouTubes and like Organites, which again, if people aren't familiar, it's uh, where you take crystals and resin and you put them in together and lots of unique energies start developing as these crystals are compressed. There's a like quartz, like for watches, for example, it creates an electrical feel or effect. Right, yeah. And these energies work. And then, so I, I said, I have to make these things. Yeah. And most people start out making pyramids and, you know, basic stuff. Oh, no, not me. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I started out with skulls, with dragon heads. Yeah. And then I eventually got into making pyramids. So, but uh, working with energy, I was craving to working with energy. I mean, I could not wear, I had stopped wearing my watch because I burned up my watches. Um, I sucked, I mean, I can hold on to a brand new cell phone and I will suck it dry within about three hours. So this morning I make sure I charged it before I talk with you. Um, (laughs) You know, so all these things, again, you get your lights. And so you start hearing about and reading these things where this happens to a lot of Indians, but the energy levels, you uh, affect people. Like when you can go into a room, you know, people just turn and look at you like they, like you're uh, become a magnet and you're just attracting people and you're doing stuff. But I worked with a lot of these things for healing stuff. And, you know, there was a time where I did that. I had to do it. I destroyed my bank account, Uh, but I felt I had to do this. I had to give back to people. I had to make these things. And, you know, my fiance is sort of thinking, boy, what's going on with this guy? He's weird. Oh, but you know, but I had to happen. And she saw the people calling me and, you know, and just thanking me for all these things and their, how their life changed, how a lot of these things create some instant healings in ways. So I, you know, I've got stories upon stories of that part. So it's, it's, you know, you're seeing there's, okay, there's a reason for this. So six months later goes by and I happen to go uh, to the doctor and said, no, can I, and I tell him, Hey, can I lay down? I want to get out of recline. I want to get back to my bed. Yeah. And they said, yeah, you can lay down. So that evening I finally got into my bed after six months, old joy. And I, as I lay down, my left pectoral major rolls up like a fruit roll up into my neck. Oh. So the next morning I come in, I have PT and I go to my physical therapist and say, Hey, watch this. And as I lay down, you just see her eyes go, Oh my God. You know, she's freaking out. She starts calling the doctors and said, uh, you need to uh, schedule emergency this. There's something wrong. And so I got scheduled and they scheduled there. So yeah, my left pectoral major for six months had been severed and cut away from my shoulder. They were so worried about your face that that pain level Mm -hmm. kept it down, but that's what also what happened. So they had to do emergency surgery on that part. Then I had later a year later after that, I had shoulder surgery. Now here's some funny parts. Now here's how you see like also you're guided in. So one thing is, first of all, I need to find an attorney. You know, for this whole deal. And I was searching all these phone calls and to no avail because I didn't realize how specialized this was in this dealing. Right. Well, lo and behold, out of the blue, my fiance's aunt calls me. She works for a lawyer who does the semen stuff, which was what I was. But right. at the time, I was a longshoreman. So her attorney could not help. But his roommate was the attorney who does this for longshoremen. Oh, wow. 
So I was like, I was glad. But here's one thing is about three weeks before I was looking through all these attorneys and I saw this attorney about the stuff about this one law firm, how they do this and how they were the top firm and they were, you know, they were super attorneys for the stuff. And I was like, reading this a while, but I found that he had retired or mostly retired. So I was like, oh, darn it. Yeah. But no, three months later, lo and behold, this attorney is one of the partners in that law firm. So I'm like, okay. So I was led to, and I later found out, yes, he's the one, the top attorney for this in this area in the region in the Northwest region. It's wow. like holy cow. So I was guided to him. Now the next part. So I've been doing all this physical therapy up north, but they wanted me to do stuff closer, of course, for travel time. And I didn't like traveling all the way up to Seattle. So they gave me a list of places to check for physical therapy. And so I went through to the first place in the morning where they should have been open. It was a nice midday week. Went there. No one was there. I'm like, wow, this is a weird feeling. I just got this weird feeling. Uh-oh. So I went up several blocks away up by where my daughter was born was the next place. And I get up in here and lo and behold, everything works out amazing. Great greeting. Oh. Went in there, talked with the doctor. They have a specialized pool a warm pool that I was able to work, get in there with. And that way I was able to help slowly release my arm oh, wow. from my body because okay. yeah. it was locked away. But here's the funny part. I have a very interesting last name. It's readers from Germany. It's, but it's not a very known name. Right. Most people want to call me writer versus reader, by the way. Right. So, and most of my family that is from this area is from Midwest. Okay. The name of the buildings was reader building one reader building two. What? Yes. <laughs> Lo and behold, they are my relatives from Germany, no. and the, the, their son, who manages the building, is the same age as I am in our mid-30s, upper 30s, and we look exactly the same. What? What? So all this again, so again, I am being led down a path, and as you see, you start freaking out because you see how things are connected. Yes. And it's like, it was a confirmation again, that I am in God's hands. I am being yes. held through this. Absolutely. Just keep going forward. Okay. I, oh my gosh. I'm blown away. I didn't hear this part. I don't think you talked about this on Jeff's well, podcast. That's the thing. I, I things will channel my mind so I can remember stuff. But so this is, I'm trying to go into more detail here. So not just through the near death part, but now you're seeing things in the, in the physical world being led. So now as we're going into that part and that understanding, I am going to take you now into like when I started reading some books and I started getting into I was going through still at the dark part of my soul. Again, this is this was a tough time. This was the darkness where I'm going through all this pain still. I'm going through all these surgeries. I, I had nine root canals in a month. Oh, and Rodney, I do think I've heard other near-death experiencers say, listen, I was in a depression. I didn't want to be here. I was in so much pain. I and I wanted to go back. Yeah, and as much as you loved your family and your fiance and all that, it didn't matter to you up there. You, you know what I mean? So, and I, and I've heard that so many times and I'm going to let you finish, but I have to ask you one thing real quick. Did this change you religiously, spiritually? Did this change you at all? You know, you don't think of it much more that way. It's, I mean, all right. I was born and raised Catholic. I was a ultra boy. I, you know, did all my time for volunteering and helping out with the church when I was young. I, I felt like I always a need to decree and call, you know, like be like a priest, but I was led down other paths. I mean, I can stay, you know, how I, one thing to another led me through my whole life. And now as I look back, I see how I was led to this point. Right. Literally, just like how it flowed. I mean, effortlessly. Yes. For, for example, I left, you know, being a guide for seven years in Alaska, you know, I've had brown bear charges. I've had 12 
brown bear charges, four moose charges. I'm still hearing kicking. I've had moose almost club me as they're charging me into the water as I'm trying to push the boat out. Wow. You know, so I can tell you of other experiences. I've had many other near-death things. I can tell you also one about, actually before this event, I was uh, flying a hang glider in a thunderstorm where I, a thunderstorm overdeveloped. It was a big fly, fly-in that day. And there were six of us up, and this cloud happened to get re-sucked into this area mm. and overdeveloped and became a thunderstorm. I'm flying up to 7,000 feet plus, and clouds suck as I'm trying to dive and being sucked up into the storm. Wow. And, and I'm praying to God, let me go, you know, free me and just everything, doing my Hail Marys, my Our Fathers, and just, you know, everything a good little Catholic boy does. Yeah, yeah. And I was released. It was the weirdest thing, but it was like annoying. And it was just a direction. All of a sudden, I was released. And I flew away and got pushed down by the downdrafts, but I landed into this gigantic stump field. And if you're, anyone knows from the Pacific Northwest, we got these gigantic Douglas firs, that these things yes. are like miniature redwoods. Yes. So and I'm landing amongst all these stumps, and I landed on my two feet, you know, boom. And then I was later picked up and brought back to the landing zone. And I looked over where the storm had gone, and there's this most beautiful, vibrant, double rainbow I've ever seen. It was like a sign, like this was meant to be. You know, it's like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, so I can see how it changed you spiritually, though. I mean, I can see how, you know, like you said, I don't know if you feel that way about it now or if it made you even more spiritual. Well, it it makes me more of a knowing that there's powers around us that are actually working. It doesn't have to be in a religion because, unfortunately, with most of my job stuff, I couldn't go to church all the time because I was in the nature. I got to see life and death every day. I took life every day. You know, when I chopped how many fish up and, and I saw bears, you know, taking moose out and moose calves right in front of me. I saw wolves taking and killing things right in front of me, letting go and just kept on running. Wow. And I've seen life and death. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that part. So it's to me, it was just, you know, you're, you're in the great scheme of things. But I didn't go to work today thinking that all this was going to happen, you know, and it's changed my life. But there's now more of a knowing, and when you see all these things happening, when you take a second, because again, through all this pain and suffering, you know, what was going to get me out of this? What was getting me out of this? You know, through the darkness, you will see the light, but I had to feel that pain. I had to feel the suffering. I had to feel a change, a metamorphosis of some form, go through this, and pain did bring forth change. You know, I started finding ways of how to get myself daily out of it. I mean, I was a two packs a day smoker wow. at times. I I didn't drink. I stopped drinking, but uh, it's where, you know, there was other ways of like, I had to get out of this stress. And just because anyone who's been through, okay, this COVID deal for the last year or so and a half, you know, like, Oh my God, my, my whole life changed. Well, I've been stuck for five years like this. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wrapped up in a little life where I, I don't get to go very far. I mean, I was either going to my physical therapy stuff or I was doing my walks, trying to relearn to walk. Right. And I had to go through uh, speech therapy and learn how to try and do stuff with my brain, how to work with this brain bleed. Because, you know, I have to use my phone a lot just to say something. Or like if you say a key word, I have to get someone to say three, four words for I can. Oh, that's it. You know, that's yeah, the word I'm no, looking I for. Because you just have to retrain your whole body. Yeah. Do you think, Rodney, that you gained any abilities through this? Well, it's where, yes, where a lot of people, they, they talk about that healing part where, again, I definitely have more conception where I can see things sort of ahead of time, more premonitions, really? you know, stuff like that we're working on through. I, I affect people when definitely I come into a room. I mean, I can either make people absolutely love me or I can have some people tear their demons and want to come on and fight me. 
Oh, really? You know, it's just like, wow. it's like your, your light, again, you become a maintenance. And when I started going into this, I found out about the I am affirmations. You know, I just was having to look at my phone. Like I said, I keep getting directed to certain things. So I went on my phone and I, I said, okay, I am affirmations. I mean, anything to be positive. So I don't say I am love, I am happiness, I am truth, I am light. Right. And gradually over time, by doing those affirmations, that darkness started to recede very quickly. But the funny thing is then I, I found myself, okay, I need to spread my word or I need to tell people more about my NDE. Absolutely. Because I tell you, when you come here and when people, when anybody is brave enough to talk about it, and I think more people are now because I think you're right, there's been an awakening or whatever we want to call it. And I do think it helps people because to me, I am in no way wanting to go anytime soon. But I'm telling you, I have so much to look forward to from what you guys tell me. I mean, I have absolutely nothing to be afraid of. And I have everything to look forward to seeing people that are gone and or just maybe even coming back and doing it all over again, because I am a believer in reincarnation. So and I think you do gain abilities, Uh, you know, at least the people that I have talked to, either they kind of had some already or they gained even more or they got some. Right. And then now that you're working with crystals. And I'm totally going to put all your information up so my listeners can look you up because I tell you, the crystals you're talking about and the things that you can do with them, they sound fascinating. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you what I found out. And through those affirmations, so I did this. I made my own uh, YouTube video of my NDE. Yeah. And now I know it's been sold by 17,000 people on that one, but wow. the, the one I just did with uh, Jeff, I mean, that's already at 20-some thousand or 26,000 yes. views. Right. It's like, wow. But the thing was, the comment, I was getting comments from people, and all of a sudden I got a comment from this one woman who called me up, and she was told to watch my video. And several things that I said clicked up her because she's also an end year oh, wow. happened. So she then told me about, again, the I am really? teachings. So again, this is if people are into St. Germain or have heard of St. Germain, this goes into the I am teachings where he's brought forth to the world of how do you, because a lot of people have, they, who are in some spiritual stuff have heard about the I am where those are two words that, that if you use, whatever you use, you become. People research wow. that. And okay. so these teachings talk about how this, with working on St. Germain, how you use the I am, which basically states that we are our own individualized flame piece of God or whatever so you and you learn that there's that god when people talk about your intuition that's your i am presence within you and if you ever say your name wherever you point a lot of people point to the dead center of their chest that's where it attaches to your body physically so now so i got into this stuff and she started explaining some things which made click off about my nde and i'm like wait a second here there's something there's a connection here so i dove into it and I've been over a year and a half into this. Yeah. But here's the funny thing is in these teachings, in these books, talks about the reincarnations, talks about all these things, a lot of the spiritual stuff together. But they talked about, and this is not in just one author, but a couple authors have talked about these Greek etheric buildings yes. in the sky over certain parts of the world. Yes. And I'm freaking out because they all describe me as Greek, like the Apartheon, this stuff here. And I'm going, how in the hell do you know this stuff? It's like, wow. But it's like, dang. And like, so it's like almost, again, confirmation going, yes. okay, I need to read all more of this. this these are people who know something that I know only by me dying. Yes. How do they know this stuff? It makes so it more I real. So I into more yeah. more. It makes it more real. Oh, yeah. And it totally anchors you into, okay, this is where I have to dive down there. So I've, you know gone into this part and where you work with yourself and again from the healing aspects of it and 
you go if you go into these books or if people are drawn to it, I can provide you the information. But but through this, more healing came into my body. The light started coming back into my body. The recharting. I I also through this ordeal, I had developed diabetes because I again wasn't moving around very much. Right. I was not doing the things, and I went up to three hundred some pounds. Oh. I am now today down to 220 some pounds. I am I'm now pre-diabetic. I have been shown how to bring the light back into my body through taking the right vitamins and certain things that was again getting pushed directed to. Right. That my doctor, who is the head of medical, is still freaking out going, How am I coming back to normal? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, I swear those crystals are a big, huge thing. But also, I, I do think you're still connected, and they're giving you guides or guidance and well, teaching you how to do it. That's yeah. where they're going to go with the crystals. Again, I still work with the crystals very much, especially amethyst, which is yes. big with St. Germain because of the violet flame. And like recently, I kept seeing this slice of amethyst that you uh, – they're like st- uh, amethyst stalactites where they slice them up and real thin. They look like dazzling suns or stars of violet. Wow. And I kept seeing this thing. And, and lo and behold, right at my birthday, there was a big crystal show in town. So I went to there and lo and behold, I found this one little crystal dealer. And here he had these amethyst discs. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I've been seeing. Wow. And it's like, okay. So the funny thing is the one that I was drawn to, had the Holy Trinity, there's three special flames on the piece that holds the chain yeah. on this thing. And I'm getting the back chills like crazy, like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Like, okay, this is the one. So I pick it up from the dealer. I go out to my car. I unwrapped it. I held it. And I had this happen one other time. I felt this crystal radiation, like, dissolve in me. I felt like a disc dissolved and went into my body. Oh, my God. Because I've had another, I've had another amethyst piece. It's called Thunder. It's a piece of Thunder Bay amethyst. It's uh, some people call it Oral Light 21 or 23. It's a very powerful piece. And my friend who, who owns a crystal shop, he handed that piece to me. It brought me to my knees. I dropped when I felt that piece, and I wow. felt the same thing with this one. And again, they're both purple. They're both, or and a lot of it's also you know violet purple. It's like. Okay, so there's more of a thing here, again, with that St. Germain part. And I start people talking about the violet flame and uh, how you, that heals and works with people. So I started doing a lot more of this. And again, my light in my body has come back. The life came back in where I started making these organites again for people. But at the end, I had to, I got to tell people I have stopped making them due to the fact that as the last several pieces that I was making, I started developing nosebleeds every time I started making them. Oh, my God the life source of my body i was fusing so much of my life force into these pieces that's what i believe these people were having such miraculous thing is my energies were put into these pieces absorbed in so yep so now what i had to do is i was depleted and that's where my body was sort of having all these health issues again because i was i was depleting myself i didn't realize it all this life force but through these i am teachings and through working being directed here I was able, I was shown a way to bring forth back my life force and thus now being pre-diabetic by my uh, blood pressures back to normal. That's Everything's just here. My weight loss. You know, I lost basically almost 100 pounds off my body. You know, they're like, how are you doing this? How are you coming through? It's like, I just, I've been directed. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I'm going to back up real quick because I have another question that I've been wanting to ask you. You know, when you were on the other side during your near-death experience and you said you looked down and you saw all these battles going on and these people below, you kind of think it might be from the future. 
Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Well, it's just like right now, the the way I look at things, and as I've seen as the five years ago, again, there's an awakening. Some people are battling each other. There's a lot of stuff, again, with the COVID deal or and stuff right. like this where some people, like I'm the one not going for the jab. I was protected from all this. If yeah. I look at this this way, this accident has been a blessing of my life. Mm-hmm. I was actually saved through this. Yeah. Because I was in like a cocoon. Everything that's been going around this world, all this hate, all these angers of people, the fighting, the battling within each other. I was given, and again, I'll take another step back here. I was given a sanctuary. When I was I was on ship coming down, this happened a month and a half before the accident. I was going down the Oregon coast on a tugboat, taking logs from Canada down to Oregon. And I got the call from my fiance saying we were losing our apartment were paying so low that they, they had to raise the rent and stuff like this to so this much and couldn't afford it. So just suddenly in that tugboat, I remember in those waves, I was dealing with about 10 to 15 foot waves at the time and I'm just being rocked and rolled. And But I just closed up and again, sent out a prayer to God or, you know, I didn't know if it was a decree or a prayer that things will work out. And I've done this before and things have magically happened. And lo and behold, within two days of losing our place, my fiance found the most amazing places that it's wow. surrounded by a green belt. It has a storage unit, uh, sort of like a barn thing that she oh, could, wow. we could put all our stuff in. It worked out where I could have gardens and I was able to place. I actually went on and started a couple, three gardens with stuff. And so it was like it was brought ahead of time yes. for my preparation for this accident. Because if I had to go through what I went through. Absolutely. I would not have survived. No. But I was given nature. No, you <laughs> I have, were. I have, I have hummingbirds that hang around me. I have stuff that, you know, before you wouldn't have had. And just things, again, another preparation were set up for this adventure. <laughs> you know, I was set up for this time when all these changes was going to happen. There was a lot of awakenings. There was a lot of people that things were going to start taking place. Mm. And I was shown that I was being prepared. Again, again, a lot of these native, if you go into native lore, I was on the ledge of death. Wow. If you read in some of their folklore where you're looking over the life and you're seeing your future presence of what's happening, what's going on here. And to me, being on a ledge is not a bad thing because, again, I'm used to flying off. I'm used to taking off yeah. and flying with, with yeah. the eagles. Yeah. And I prayed a long time ago to make God make me an eagle. I also have a private pilot's license as well as this part. Unfortunately, I probably won't be able to fly ever again. But, you know, I was able to see this change. And I relate this back to being an eagle because... God has always been, I'm an Eagle Scout, and I've flown with the Eagles, I've fished with them in Alaska, you know, I have all these things, and I remember that an Eagle, they can soar to the highest of heights, but at one period of time, maybe 10 or 12 years, or I forget how long, 20 years in their life, they will come back and they will have to do a special hard molt, where they have to release all their feathers and regrow, and so it's a challenging time, many don't survive it, but if they go through it, they'll live for another 20, 30 years. Wow. And so it's almost like a re- like this here where I am going to that part where this is where I am. This is my molting stage. The old rod, the life the rod had before was gone or it still was a part of me. But now I can see where I'm going from there and I will soar once again in other ways. Right. And so, you know, you're taking this from, you know, person. I've done so many creative things. I've been blessed so much. I've had an amazing life before this. I mean. From the after leaving the lodge, after seven years of enjoying that life, you know, I had another dream job where I started on the floor as a basic nine bucks an hour person to within six years working for the number three man of the company wow. working on special projects, you know. And then I went back to Wisconsin, where was my home state, to get in with this company. Ten months later, I am back out to Washington State as a sales manager, then to a senior manager. 
So it's like, wow, this happened for a reason. I'm not yeah. taking this as a negative thing, and that's what the people got to look at in their life. Right. The thing that most wanted to destroy you may actually be the thing that saves you. No, and that's exactly what I was going to say, because you're right. I think it prepared you. And honestly, I've listened to Jeff's podcast enough times with other male uh, NDEs. And for some reason, I was like, I want to talk to Rodney. I don't know why I wanted to talk to you. And I've talked to several, you know, near-death experiencers. And I was drawn to you. And you tell me that other people are too. There's just something about you. I thought my listeners would love you. And I know they will. And I just think that you're fantastic. I think you're so, you're so enlightening. And you're so positive. Even though you had some of the most tragic things happen in your life. And not a lot of people come at it like that. You know, not a lot of people think that way and, and think, hey, listen, I had some really crappy things happen to me, but look at me now. I mean, <laughs> that takes a special well, person. I've had, I've, had, I've had friends and I've had friends come and go and they say they do. They come One friend, I mean, we were like brothers to me for years. Yeah. And he said, you're one of those that just, you can go into hell and come out, you know, shining bright. You, you Everything, something happens to me, I will always come out better. I will go yes. into the shitter and I will come out smelling like roses. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And this is where... It, but it's like it's, it happens like you're you're one of the blessed ones you are one of the chosen you know people keep saying to me you're chosen blessed now i'll take another step back so i talked about with saint germain stuff well i to this healing again i started getting into like i okay with the gardens you know i want to take care of stuff and i got into reading about composting worms yeah. so i went in so i like i found okay where do i find these worms do i order them online and then i happened to find a worm farm that wasn't about 30 miles away from me so i i drove down to it and I went down this place like I had to go. I found it, found the place, and I get in and I deal with this gentleman, very unique, beautiful looking gentleman. I got this. I was like, wow, okay, he looks good. Yeah. And uh, they were helping me, and there was another older guy at the desk, and he went back and got some worms and brought it to me. And we just started talking to himself. He's like, you died. <gasps> and I'm like, yeah, like this. Like, and I'm like, yeah. And then we started talking about more and more stuff. And then he came up, he came around the counter, came up to me, put his hand, and put it on my shoulder. The one that was injured before is like, you're still connected. Wow. So when I talk about there's in these books about the I am teachings, I've seen the etherical picture of St. Germain. That was St. Germain. Oh, wow. That Oh, my God. Well, you don't need any more proof that, that, you know, God is here and he is helping us in every way and every synchronicity we can have. And hey, Ronnie, I could talk to you for hours, but I want to tell my listeners where they can find you. Do you have a website for your crystals? I stopped again making them now, but I can help if people are still drawn to them, you know, because I'd say a lot of it, most power that comes from us is from our I am, which is within us directly. And I'll send you, uh, after this, I'll give you both information that you can post up on there, but I'll give you it's rod, R O D Mm -hmm. period reader. That's R I E D E R at yahoo.com. And you can email me. I I can get inundated times with people calling in or asking questions but i will always try and get back to you as fast as i can if you got any questions yes regarding crystals i still tell people certain ones that they should be drawn to or if they deal with anxiety or whatever else i'll give you a prescription um yeah, of what wow. to use and i because again i still use them in my practices That's and amazing. how they amplify things yeah. and how they are meant for us you know use that energy but you just got to open yourself up to that but also of who you are which is your i am your your presence yes once yes. you use both, it's just amazing how things work. It's just beautiful. And I, like I said, I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on my podcast and telling me your story because this is, you're fascinating. And I, I'm enamored with your story. So thank you so much again, Rodney. Oh, you're welcome. 
Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.